Hey there, it's the Kentucky Guy, and I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. On this episode, we're going to do part two of Lyndon Johnson's Great Society and the catastrophe that it had on our public school systems. Also in this episode, we're going to talk about the World Health Organization and Sneaky Joe Biden, what his administration and him are doing right now. Catch that and a whole lot more on this episode of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. And welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day today. Uh, it is a rainy day. Been a rainy weekend, actually, all over the great state of Kentucky. But we've learned to deal with that. I'd much rather have rain than snow. Folks, if this is your first time listening, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform you're listening to us on. We're on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, 73 different audio platforms be sure to check us out also for you wrestling fans i do co-host with donny cage against the mat wrestling podcast we drop new episodes there every monday and friday we are on the same exact platforms be sure to check us out this episode today will actually go over the elimination chamber our predictions versus the results and a whole lot more as wrestlemania season is coming upon us Right here, though, we drop new episodes two times a week, usually on Wednesday and Saturday. If you'd ever like to be a guest on this show, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. All right, folks, so today's episode, I'm going to do part two of Lyndon Johnson's Great Society. However, there is a headline. There is a headline that I would like to go over first and foremost. I think it's important and we need to uh we need to discuss this folks. So, yeah, let's take a look here at the first and only headline before we get into the special report part 2. 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 0 And blast off Biden administration negotiates deal to give the WHO, World Health Organization, WHO, authority over U.S. pandemic policies. Well, this is a shame. The Biden administration is ready to sign a legally binding agreement with the World Health Organization that would permit its authority to dictate U.S. policies during a pandemic. The zero draft of a pandemic treaty was published earlier this month and the final terms are scheduled to be worked out next week so that all members can then sign it. This came on the heels of a meeting in September where a joint announcement put out by the U.S. Health and Human Services Secretary, 
Xavier Baca, and the WHO Director General Tiros Admanas declared that a platform has been developed, quote, to maximize the longstanding U.S. government WHO partner and WHO partnership and to protect and promote the health of all people around the globe, including the American people. This is a global healthcare New World Order th- thing. Do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not doubt it for one second. Despite widespread criticism of the organization for its actions during the cor- coronavirus pandemic, the Zero Draft grants the organization the power to declare and manage a global pandemic emergency. If a health emergency is declared, all signatories would have to submit to the authority of the World Health Organization regarding treatments, government regulations, such as lockdowns and vaccine mandates, global supply chains, and monitoring and surveillance of population, according to the Epoch Times report over this past weekend. Wow. You talk about you talk about something scary. There you go. Folks, you need to wake up and wake up now. Time is running out. I don't know how much longer I can sound this bell. Time is running out. David Bell, speaking of bells, a public health physician and former WHO staffer specializing in epidemic policy warned the Epic Times that Quote, they want to see a centralized vaccine and medication-based response and a very restrictive, restrictive response in terms of controlling populations. There you go. Right there in black and white, folks. Population control. That's where we're at. That's where it's been headed towards. And that's what they want. And this weak administration. It's going to do it to us unless somebody stands up and says, no, no, we're not going to have global health. We're not going to have a new world order. We're not going to have a global economy. Get this crap out of here. We're American citizens, home of the brave, land of the free. Stand up, folks. If you don't, if you think, oh, he's Kentucky guy's crazy, this ain't never going to happen. Folks, it's happening right now, right now. Quote, they get, decide, they get to decide what is a health emergency, and they are putting in place a surveillance mechanism that will ensure that there are potential emergencies to be able to declare. Wow. The WHO pandemic treaty is part of a two-track attempt coincing with the initiative by the World Health Assembly, the rulemaking body of the WHO, to create new global pandemic regulations that would also supersede the laws of the member state. Francis Boyle, professor of international law at Illinois University, told the Epoch Times that both initiatives are fatally dangerous. Either one or both would set up a worldwide medical police state under the control of the WHO, and in particular the WHO Director General Teodoros, quote, if either one or both of those go through, Teodoros or his successor 
will be able to issue orders that will go all the way down the pipeline to your primary care physicians. The key question is whether the Biden administration can bind the U.S. to treaties and agreements without the consent of the Senate, which is required under the Constitution. No, he cannot. No, he cannot. He has to follow the Constitution. I don't care how thick of a president he is. He has to follow the Constitution. That's what I'm saying. We need to hold his feet, old Sleepy Joe's feet to the fire. You hold Sleepy Joe's feet to the fire, guess what he does? He backs off just like his predecessor, Obama. I've seen it time and time again. Put a little pressure on him, the lying piece of crap, and you watch him fold like an accordion. The zero draft states that per international law, treaties between countries must be ratified by the national le- thank you by the national legislators but the draft also includes a clause that deal will go into effect on a provisional basis as soon as it's signed by delegates to the who and therefore it will be legally binding on members without being ratified by legislators you cannot have that the constitution supersedes this law i don't care what they put on this paper our us constitution and our bill of rights supersede this republican lawmakers are attempting to revive the attempt to take the u.s out of the who which former president donald trump did but president joe biden oh my god his first day in office a piece of shit piece of crap president joe biden reversed upon entering the white house last month gop house member introduced the no taxpayer funding for the World Health Organization Act. Texas Representative, and I love this guy, Chip Roy, led sponsor of the bill, stated that the WHO praised China for their leadership at the beginning of COVID and has done nothing to hold CCP accountable for the spread of COVID-19. Yeah, and that is the writing on the wall. When they're going to praise a country, a dictator's country, for the way they handled the pandemic, and then you're going to give them complete control over other world pandemics and the right to tell us when we're locked down or we're mandated, which is against our constitutional rights, are mandated for vaccine. Please, the vaccines don't even work, and everybody knows it. Everybody's seeing now, Sleepy Joe. You're just wanting to kill us. Why are athletes, healthy people, Dropping dead, JoJo. Why? Just tell me that. Answer that one question for me. Why in the greatest country in the world we have professional athletes all over the world, not just in this country, all over the world, dropping dead, and nobody can explain why? Please, JoJo, tell me why. It's your watch. You're supposedly the president, so tell me why. Why are mother's children dying every day, dropping dead? Oh, what do they have in common? I don't know. They've had the vaccine. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. There, I said it aloud. I said it aloud. Let's get into today's special report. And folks, I know, I know I get loud. I'm not mad. I'm passionate. I love this country. And I just, I, I hope you can see what's happening. This is very, very scary stuff. Very scary. If you've got kids or ever dreamed about having kids or you've got, Dream about having grandkids if you're getting to that age. 
This is going to ruin all those dreams. I'm telling you, this is major. This isn't something that just come out of the sky. This is real. This is happening. I know. It seems like a fairy tale. It seems like there's no way that something like this could happen and we could have a dumb enough president to do something like this that endangers all of us. But guess what? It is happening. It is happening. All right, so let's head back to part two of Lyndon Johnson's The Great Society. Higher education in America looks remarkably different today than it did 50 years ago. It could be argued that the current structure of American universities can be tracked back to three presidents, Franklin D. Roosevelt, Lyndon B. Johnson, and the most recently, Barack Hussein Obama. These three presidents share a similar governing strategy that involved increased government spending and regulations in the economy. Additionally, each held an increased investment in education, specifically higher education, as a significant achievement of their administration. It is no surprise that the modern left is now calling for solutions such as free public college and student loan forgiveness as a massive federal undertaking. Right. So is this are this is stuff that we're hearing right now, right? We have Biden. Thank God the Supreme Court blocked it. He was going to let everybody have free college and pay off all the student loans. Crazy. 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 Less government is what we need. I know some of you, oh man, I got, you know, thousands of dollars worth of student loans I wish they could. I do too, okay? Look, here's the here's the matter of fact. They pay it you're going to pay it back one way or the other. Hey, by the way, all those checks that I was complaining about that some of you actually got mad at me when I was talking about it during COVID, you know, those government checks that they handed out. Oh, gee, I don't know. You feel like you've been paying that back yet with the high groceries, the high gas and everything. I told you you're going to pay it back and we've paid it back probably twice fold already. Don't ever think that you're going to get something for nothing from this government, especially from this left-wing nutjob administration. Please, prior to the Eisenhower, Eisenhower administration, a federal government had no role in providing loans and grants for students to attend college. And prior to the Roosevelt administration, provided no major higher education subsidies of any type. In fact, Borrowing for college was uncommon until, you got it, the Johnson administration. Since the birth of modern conservative movement in the 1950s, individuals and organizations concerned with civic and liberal education have tried almost everything to reform America's universities. From William F. Buckley Jr., plea for the alumni to cease giving money to their alma maters, to funding tenure-tracked positions, to forming independent centers on campuses that host outside speakers, to organizing external supplementary seminars to make up for what the students are not taught in the classroom, to creating a new academic departments. Yet, 60 years, 60 years of increasingly sophisticated efforts at reform have largely failed to change the course of the American 
University. It doesn't work, folks. Throw all the money you want on a problem. It does not work. During these decades, many American universities have become the leftist research and development headquarters. Uh, yeah, let's say Harvard University, all your Duke. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. And the intellectual origin of disimmemoration point for the political and moral transformation of the nation, especially seen in the rolling sexual revolution and the identity politics revolution. In his remarks at signing the Higher Education Act of 1965, President Lyndon Johnson invoked Thomas Jefferson's words that, quote, the care of human life and happiness is the first and only legitimate objective of good government. Now, <laughs> this was unmistakably federal system for students to go to college was an act of caring. It would enable millions to pursue happiness and no less than Jefferson would agree. Uh, no, nowhere in the Constitution from which Washington gets its only and few powers is the word education identified as a matter of federal concern. It's not anywhere in there, nor should it be. It appears federal higher education intervention has launched little happiness and may have especially hurt the poor. Oh, I thought the great society was to get rid of the poor, help them become middle class. Yeah. Okay. Huh? Hmm. Funny how that back backfires, ain't it? Huh? Huh? Just, just asking for a friend. I don't know. Jefferson would likely have anticipated this, knowing well the dangers of powerful government. Indeed, Jefferson's full sentence was, and I quote, the care of human life and happiness and not their destruction and not their destruction is the first and only legitimate object of a good government. Emphasis was added there. Jefferson was rejecting trophies obtained by the blood strained steel or the tattered flags of the attended field war that brought other leaders glory. He was not embracing unfettered government, but it was perhaps fitting that Johnson quoted Jefferson incompletely for an act that wrought very different outcomes than the happiness he promised. And we're still seeing it today. Over the past 30 years, the price of attending college in the United States has skyrocketed, having generally tripled at a four-year public high learning institutions. This cost increase uh, disproportionately affects middle-class families who end up financing a greater percentage of their education through the debt than do their higher income or lower income counterparts. Despite this growing crisis in Ossity Private, Yet federally empowered regulatory regime discourages board of trustees whose duty is to governor the institutions and who are particularly responsible for physical stewardship from exist exercising meaningful oversight. Man, oh man, it just it, it, it's it's a never ending thing. It never ends. The war on poverty programs of the second half of the twentieth century failed to give children the chance to succeed in school and in life. These programs represent a significant expansion of welfare state 
and accelerated Washington's change from a government meant to protect liberty to one that tries to solve all of the society's problems. What is the purpose of education? One might as well ask, what is the purpose of life? These questions are connected because primary and secondary education is preparation for adult life. Education is one of the many things that society to raise children to be all kinds of people and parents and society hope they will become. Since people have legitimate differences about what constitutes a good life and how children children can best be raised for that good life, there will be legitimate differences about the content, manner, and goals of education. Just as the U.S. government is contempted to respecting different approaches to religion and politics, Americans concerned for liberty should incline them towards respecting different approaches to education. Amen. Amen. The first three to five years of a child's life are vitally important to the child's future as about 85% of brain development occurs by age five. It is during this period that the children's interactions everywhere they go and everyone they see and meet literally build their brains. Thus, parenting, childcare, or preschool are all early childhood educations. Parents are naturally their children's best advocates. No one cares more about a child's well-being or knows more about the, what environment is best for a child than the parents or guardians. That is why parents' desire, desires should be forefront in any public policy decision regarding their children's care and education. Now, we've talked about setting the record straight by reviewing all of the most rigorous evidence regarding private school choice programs in the U.S., demonstrating that the choice is linked to gains in student test scores, student attendment, high school graduation, college enrollment, college preposition, college completion, student safety, student character development, tolerance of others, political participation, volunteerism, charitable activity, crime, and or even paternity suits. You see, we these are our children, and we chose to have them and raise them. Why? Why would we want the government to come in and tell us about their education whatsoever. Why? It baffles me. I don't want them to. I think we have way too much government. We need to actually cut it back, not just in education, but in everything, everything, every walk of life. Get rid of the, get the government out of it. We know what we're doing. Come on. Wealthy families have always had a school choice. They can move to another school district or send their children to private schools. Over the past 30 years, some 7,000 public charter schools, schools with independent school boards that generally enroll any student who applies subject to space, have opened around the country to give all students more choices in education, but especially those who parents can't find or afford a new neighborhood in which to live. Seven more than a half of all U.S. states have some form of K-12 through private school voucher, or other scholarship options. Though these options are largely limited to children from low-income families or children with special needs. 
In previous generations, Americans drew social capital from various intellectual authorities, most of whom can be found among the primary sources studied in classical schools, stretching from Antiquary to Montanari, the great books of Astardo, Aristotle, <laughs> sorry about that, Aristotle, uh, Euclid, Homer, Locke, Shakespeare, and dozens other uh, canonical work served as an intellectual gold standard for Americans' cultural currency. Unfortunately, over the past century, progressive educational leaders from John Dewey to David Coleman have systematically eroded the influences of great books, causing a decisive break with the educational standards of the past. Great works of literature, history, mathematics, and philosophy, many written in Latin or Greek, along with training in the fine arts and the pedigree of the seven liberal arts, have largely been displaced by contemporary progressive notions of schooling against the pronoun classical approach. Progressive education claims a scientific basis for its methods, seeking to constitute effective systems for achieving K-12 literacy, numeracy, and prepare for the next generation for success in the marketplace. Think career ready. And participation in uh, democratic institutions. Read Replacing Great Books, Education with Contemporary Social Studies has become a distinguishing feature of progressive approach. Basically, what they want to do is they want our kids to realize how bad we are because we had slaves at one time, how, 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 how pieces of crap we are because, uh, yeah, you know, we're not uh, left-wing all the way and uh, we didn't accept gays and Mary Poppins, you know, a guy who suddenly wants to be Mary Poppins and, uh, you know, transgender, whatever you want to call it, right? That's what that's the crap that they want to teach our kids. So this is it for the episode today. Uh, that's all I'm going to go over on on the Great Society. But I, I just want to give my opinion on this stuff. Look, folks, you you should never want, and I don't care. You can call me racist. You can call me whatever you want to. Okay. Look, I don't care what you call yourself. I could care less, man. I really I really don't. I do not care. To me, there's two genders. There's a man and a woman, and that come from God, and that's it. You can say whatever you want to, call yourself a trans, whatever. Hey, if Ricky gets up and he decides, oh, today I'm going to be Cinderella and puts on a dress, I could care less. I don't care. I do not care because Ricky dressing as a dress does not affect my life whatsoever. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. When you go to a school, full of children and you dress up and you call it a drag queen show or some other disgusting, disgusting act like that. That's where you and the Kentucky guy have a huge, huge problem. Our kids, we raise our kids how we want to raise them. We don't want to raise them to saying that this transgender, you know, and they're talking about, oh, well, the transgender, uh, uh, you know, the surgeries have went up. Uh, dramatically in the last couple of years, no crap. Of course, because you got stupid parents who are so blind and shouldn't even be parents out here getting their kids involved in this crap when there's no way in the world. I seen an interview with a little boy 
his mom. Evidently, she don't like being a woman no more, or she's a queer. I don't know. Who cares? Anyways, this little boy even says, the question was, does your mommy force you to be a part of the drag queen uh, LTBQ community? Well, however you say it, that community, right? Oh, guess what? And you know what? Cancel me, folks. Go ahead and cancel me, mainstream media. I am not for the gays. I am not for this LGBTQ crap. I, I'm not for it at all. It's a wrong, it's abomination to God, and we shouldn't do it. And this country is going the wrong way with applauding this. There's so many things I see every day now where I know it's wrong, you know it's wrong, but however, this whole world, they're trying to say that we're the ones that are wrong, and they're right. I'm telling you right now, we are not the minority in this. We are the majority. The majority of you listening do not want your kids subjected to this crap. I know you don't, or you wouldn't be listening to this episode. Now, the little boy, the question was, does your mommy make you, make you be a part of the LGBTQ community or whatever you call it? And the little boy said, yeah. And the mommy goes, I never forced you. And the little boy, yeah, huh? You always act mad if we don't go, if we don't participate. Shame on you, lady. Shame on you. You're a horrible human. Oh, Kentucky guy. Don't say that. Oh, no. You're a horrible human. That little boy, he couldn't have been more than five years old in this interview I seen. Couldn't have been more than five years old. He is his, one of God's precious angels. And you're going to subject him to this, this gay crap? And that's all it is, is a bunch of crap. You didn't hear about this stuff. When I was growing up, you didn't hear about it. And there's my soapbox for today. All right, folks. Thank you guys so much for listening. You've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Uh huh. And I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy. And as always, God bless. And God bless this great country, America. Have a wonderful day, folks. Thank you.